Hey everyone, this is the Still in Motion podcast where we talk about dance and dance photography from both sides of the camera. I'm Jonathan. I'm Catherine. And we keep saying we're going to keep this one short, so we'll see what happens. Well, this time we have to because your earbuds are running low on power. Yeah, the, the cat <laughs> ate the non-Bluetooth earphones I was going to use today, so this that is, happened. This, this seems to happen a lot. You need to like cat-proof your desk area. <laughs> like with like a net? I don't like know. Like a mosquito net? I don't have a cat, so I don't a, know what would actually work. I feel tent? like they're trickier than that. Um. Well, if we... If you put um, dish soap on cords that cats eat, they tend to not eat the cords. But it oh, also makes the cables really like slippery and kind of gross. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you could just put your earbuds in the drawer or something, I guess. That that too. But I don't. my desk doesn't have any drawers because it's like foldable and really small. Uh, so I guess you got to use the so, dish soap. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know better. I don't ever leave headphones out. But I, I don't know why they were on my desk. I guess I got home last night i was tired i just put them here so it's actually my fault but that's fine yeah. the real solution is to just use like bluetooth earphones with no cords <laughs> <laughs> that's a Which real I'm doing um, now. that's a cost that people don't think about when they like am i gonna buy a pet like i gotta get food i'm gonna have to take it to the doctor i have to you know walk it take care of it but like they don't think about I'm, it might destroy my earbuds yeah it could destroy everything that i own furniture <laughs> walls electronics <laughs> It's totally yeah. <laughs> a possibility, but she's cute. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so w let's actually kick this off with you had a discovery on Photoshop that you didn't tell me about yet because you want to keep it a surprise. So yeah. what, what did you discover? <laughs> I'm, um, so I'm intrigued. At work frequently, like, well, I find just in, in general, if, if you explain to somebody who has never used Photoshop before, like what you can possibly, what you can do with an image to fix it, it can be kind of hard for people to actually wrap their heads around that. Um, they're like, oh, you can swap me from this picture into that picture. Like we've talked about that before, like that, that's going to look okay. Or even like just, just really anything. Like even if it's something as simple as just removing like a sign in the background, you know, it's hard for people to conceptualize that that's possible and will look real and not weird. So um, sometimes when I have extra time on my hands or it's necessary, um, I'll like mock up a Photoshop edit before talking to a client. Um, just so I can be like, yeah, we can achieve something like this. Of course, our editing team is better than I am, but like this is something that we can do. And that's usually like really helpful. So um, yeah, I'm glad I know how to use Photoshop a bit. <laughs> um, but we had a client who um, wanted to adjust, do like an outfit adjustment. Like her, her daughter's skirt was like a bit short and the way she was sit sitting, like you could see the back of her legs but it just looked like it maybe was her butt even though it wasn't really her butt it was just kind of the back of her legs but um either way we needed to get it edited and i wanted to kind of make sure before telling her like yes this is possible that like i had kind of taken a stab at it to see if it was possible um and i didn't really know offhand how to do it so i uh, watched some youtube videos and there are actually a ton of like videos out there on adjusting clothing um the video tutorial that i followed was like a little uh kid in like an outdoor photo shoot with her arms up because her parents she was like a toddler so her parents were like kind of holding her arms so she could stand and so her dress is like up around her belly <laughs> like you can see like her <laughs> diaper <laughs> um so the video was on like how do you make it look longer and Whoa, i was like I oh that's that. gonna look that's gonna look fake like that's gonna look wrong um but in the video it looked totally natural and the edit took me just a couple minutes to do it was so easy um so basically what i ended up doing for this skirt was you 
quick select um, the clothes, which for, usually is pretty easy. I just clicked once with like that quick select tool like in the middle and it just boom expanded out and got the skirt. This was mostly easy because the skirt was white and the background was like green. So, you know, it wasn't like that hard. Uh -huh. um, you copy the skirt to a new layer and then you transform it using the warp um, like function. Um, and leave like the waistband and as much of the top of the skirt like where it naturally is and you simply just like warp down the bottom edge of the skirt it looks totally real oh wow like, totally natural yeah huh. i was shocked i thought it would look like weird and stretched and kind of bizarre um but because that that skirt layer is on top of the other one it just like pulls it down and covers her legs oh cool so I totally recommend trying it and I, I bet you can do it for all kinds of other things too. Even if you have to bring in something from just like, I don't know, thinking of like your bokeh thing from last week or something. If you need to bring in like a shape from the internet or anything that's a layer on top and it doesn't fit right, um, the the warp like tool in Photoshop is doesn't look as weird as I expected it to. Like it doesn't look fake. Um, it, it blends things pretty seamlessly together. So that was pretty cool. I was like really proud of my edit there. Um, nice. And I'm hoping the client thinks it looks great. Is that something though that you would actually send to your editing team to do? Like the yeah. actual delivered product? Yes, yes. Uh, nothing that I edit gets given to the clients. Gotcha. That's so this was, kind so of this was more idea. a, you like, was this a post session? They were looking at the proofs and they asked if it was possible kind of thing? Yeah, she already bought the digital files and then was like, you know, I want to use this photo, but can can I it's like paid editing. It's not gotcha. included in the photo in like the pricing to have edits done, but it's like paid, but I didn't even show her my mock-up. Sometimes uh -huh. sometimes I do show them like this could be a possibility of what we could do, but I didn't even show her this. It was mostly just like we're emailing back and forth about like quotes and what's possible, and I was like before I say like, oh, for sure we can fix this skirt. I was like, I kind of want to see if I can do it <laughs> um, uh -huh. just so I feel like I'm promising something that like if I can do it, our fantastic editing team can definitely do it like that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, and if they end up not being able to do it, at least I can be like, here's the YouTube tutorial I watched. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> now you can do it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just like so easy, you know, really cool. How, how do you price that at Classic Kids? Like if it's, if it's an extra editing thing like this situation, like how much did you charge her? Are you allowed to say? We can talk about that later. Okay. I'm just curious. Like how much. Um, but th it's just is. like, there's just like a price per time for the lab. Okay. But I'll tell you the actual numbers another time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Um, what have you been up to? So yesterday I went up to VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, to do some location scouting. I'm working with one of the faculty there to create a dance film for VCU's, I think it's the spring dance concert, but because it's all virtual now, you know, the, the creative process is a little bit different. And I know the professor, the faculty member, because he got his MFA at Maryland and I was in his thesis. So that's the original connection. And then actually I haven't seen yesterday was the first time I had seen him since graduating from Maryland in 2015. It's kind of crazy. Like wow. we've both stayed in the DMV ish area, but our paths just never really crossed since then. Um, and he's not super active on social media or anything like that. And then kind of almost out of the blue, he called me 
late last year, you know, asking if I would be available, if I'd be interested in helping with this. I was like, yeah, let's do it. So it's going to be interesting because there were some things that we had planned ahead of time that have to change because of VCU's COVID rules that we just weren't aware of at first when we first started planning. Uh, What kind of things can you share? Like very limited on locations. Like originally we had, there were a couple um, like parks in the area that we had talked about using, but we are kind of really limited to like just the dance department building. <laughs> so, oh, wow. and, and like the immediate surrounding like area around the building. So there's like a little area in the back with like trees and ivy that we're going to try and use instead of the beautiful park that I had thought about using. Mm-hmm. Um, like little things like that. Um, but it's going to be fun, I think. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, this is the first time, and also because this is the first time I will be helping create a dance film, like part of the scripting, st- directing process. For dance films, and the like, like actual dance films, I've only been the DP. Like, they tell okay. me the shots that they want to get, and that's it, and I deliver that, but... I didn't conceive the shots. I didn't edit the shots together. And this time I like sat down with him and we've talked through the whole script. I'm storyboarding it. I'm figuring out the shots I want. I have to figure out, you know, what lighting I'm going to bring into uh, to each location to make it work and the equipment we need for all of it. And so it's a bigger undertaking and it's definitely a new learning experience for me. So I'm also very excited for that. And because, are you editing it together, or yep, are they... I'm also editing it. So okay. <laughs> top to bottom, I'm much more involved <laughs> in this process. Cool. But it's nice that it's through a university, so they also have a slightly bigger budget for this kind of thing mm-hmm. um, than you know if I were to work with maybe like a regular dance company, at, at least yeah. during this time. So that's also nice. Yeah, it's a cool way to um, kick off your like freelance only new lifestyle. It's yeah, kind of a big video gig like this. That's cool. Yeah, and then this coming week, I'm going to be in tech all week, actually back at Dance Place, but this time as a freelance artist for oh, a new awesome. work that I'm doing with Sarah Ewing. Yeah, we're we're doing a VR dance performance that audiences will view in the space, but we're filming ahead of time. So this coming week, we're, we're like setting up the projectors, setting up all the motion tracking, filming everything with the 360 camera, but then I'm editing everything together. And in March, when the show is actually happening, the audience members will come and sit on stage where we filmed from. And so they're like watching the performance in the space, but the dancers aren't actually performing in the space with them. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So it's a lot of experimentation because you know we've tested a bunch of things and talked through things but we don't know how the actual space will look but luckily we have a whole week before or to figure things out so it should be interesting it should go well fingers crossed there are a couple (laughs) things i'm still troubleshooting but you know we've got a little time time still so it's fine (laughs) yeah cool uh, well, should we just jump into capture critique? Yeah, we want to keep this episode short and sweet because, you know, we, we don't need to drag it on if we drag <laughs> it out if we don't need to. I have big plans for the rest of the day. I'm making baguettes. Oh, nice. I've gotten is that into a, a baguette. Is that a weekly thing for you? Um, I feel like you said that last time we now, talked. Now, 
it is because I'm trying I'm like obsessed all of a sudden trying to learn how to do it and it's so actually Sundays, really hard. So Sundays, Sundays is like what? Go to Mondays. the gym, workout, podcast, and then, then baguettes. Is that baguettes, your schedule? But also baguettes all day Monday too. Oh wow, <laughs> you're really into the baguette world. <laughs> I'm doing today. I'm doing two um, new baguette recipes at the same time to test them out. Um, I'm doing one recipe that takes like 22 hours or more. <laughs> Um, so that that baguette recipe will be ready for tomorrow night. And then I'm also redoing the one that I've done already three times and haven't been able to get right. That's like a four and a half hour long baguette recipe. When you so say those four baguettes and a will ha- be ready, ready tonight. When you say four and a half hours, you mean you make it, but then it has to like sit for four hours? or uh, from From start to like eating the baguettes. It should take about that long. Because oh, every wow. like they have to like sit for an hour and then you like need them again and then they sit again. But the oh. real way to do it, I've learned from a lot of research, is this like very long, like multi-day process. That's how you wow. get it to be like an actual French baguette. Like when you go to the grocery store and it just says baguette, but it's just like white bread in a long like baguette-shaped thing. That's like not actually a baguette. So to get it like with the crispy crust and like the chewy like airy inside, it it takes a really really long time. Um, so working on it, but I think my goal for this weekend is if the four hour baguette is like just as good as the 24 hour long baguette, then I'll probably stop working on the 24 hour one in the future and try to just get better at the four hour one, but <laughs> yeah. I'll keep you updated. <laughs> okay, cool. And on that note, I'm opening your capture critique. Oh, a he- the one that says headshot. Yes. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, we were like chatting about this image a little bit on Instagram, I think. Uh huh. Or something. So for our listeners, it's a headshot, but um, I'm she's a dancer. This is the same um, dancer who was in the Boca picture from last week, right? Yes. Yeah, I did it in the same okay. shoot. <laughs> okay, cool. So it's like not just your typical headshot. It's super artsy and cool, and um, the there's blue and red light um and i already asked you about this jonathan so i know that it's um colored gels over your strobes Uh (laughs) um but i wouldn't have known that otherwise because it could kind of looks like it could be consistent video lights um so it's really cool i've actually had trouble um getting my my um little speed light to like create this much color when i put um a gel on top it seems like super faint like the the um light just doesn't get that tinted so did you have to like actually saturate this more in photoshop or is this like how it looks straight out of camera this is i did add a little bit of vibrance but it's actually almost basically straight out of camera um and i've so when she contacted me about her headshots and she said this is the look that she wanted she sent me some sample images and it was very you know saturated multicolored portraits i was also very nervous because i've had the same issue that you had before with the gels just like very faint not very saturated and so i did a lot of youtubing and some testing in my room and i found the trick is you just gotta lower the power on the flash the, okay. the lower well, that the makes pow- sense. Yeah, because the lower the power is, the more saturated. The, the darker the image is as well. So then you need to compensate in, in other ways. Um, but basically, like, low power on your strobes 
is the, is how to get the deeper colors I found. Yeah, so I mean, you could achieve this as well with a higher power, but you would need like just such a thick stack of gels. I think right. that's been my problem in the past is I haven't had enough layers to deal with the brightness of the strobe. Yeah. And so, so that's cool. And so I had to really play with the between the aperture and ISO. Like if I knew I had to keep my strobes at a lower power, then I had to, you know, let more light in some other way. Yeah, it looks like this is on a shallower depth of field than you sometimes use. Like this is 2.8, right? Uh 3.2, but close. Oh, 3.2. Okay. Yeah, cuz her ears are out of focus, but her eyes and nose are pretty sharp. Mhm. Mm um and then I mean, your shutter speed, I guess, would be one over two hundredth of a second. Yep. And I mean, I because you've really told me this because it's strobes. <laughs> you mean shutter speed? The I no, I'm the ISO. I feel like you used a higher ISOs because your the lights were so dim. Well, actually, surprisingly, I'm at ISO one hundred. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like, Sometimes I, just, I know that you don't do that. You like raise up your ISO so that you can use. Yeah. Well. Uh, lower. Well, and with this power. one, I I kept it at one hundred because it actually looked okay, and I just lowered the aperture a little bit to give it because I also wanted to blur the background out more. So I opted yeah. to lower my aperture instead of raising my ISO for to get, let enough light in, to get enough power from the strobes. Um, okay. Yeah. I also know how you did this background because I watched your Instagram stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a uh, aluminum foil. I like yeah, crinkled got, up, like, right? Yeah, I got like four big strips. I crinkled it up. I gaff taped it together, and then I taped it onto my paper backdrop. It's just a, it's a little square that was like just the right size for this portrait. <laughs> it's super cool. Yeah, I love how it's... the colors kind of catch on it. And I actually had to lower the power on my strobes even more because the aluminum was so reflective. She started to become backlit oh, if I kept the same power levels as when I was on like paper. So, so where were your lights? What was your like lighting setup? So my main light was my um, flashpoint. And that was on a big softbox. That's camera left. That's like that main blue and light you see blue. on her. That yeah. one was blue? Okay. Yeah. Then I had a speed light with a red gel taped onto it. And then that was in front of my um, five-in-one reflector. But I took off the reflective layer. So I used it as a diffuser to get the oh, red okay. on her from camera right side. And then I had a speed light against the backdrop. One camera right, one camera left one with blue, one with red, or like a pink, to get the color. Okay, on the, so the the light from on the background is not just from the front lights reaching back there. There's some additional light. Yeah, yeah, okay. but like, but very faint. Okay. So I know you don't use like a light meter or anything. So is this like just trial and error? Yeah, of, I was just I was okay. just eyeballing it. It's <laughs> so hard. You need to get a light meter. It will save the, you so much time and panic. Yeah, the thing is, I just I do flash photography so infrequently right now, though. Like, I I just feel like I would buy it and I would use it like once every month, like once yeah. a month, and I wouldn't really be able to then like figure out how to really use it unless I just sat down and did a bunch of tests, which I mean I could do and I should do. 
but but now that you're freelancing you should do stuff like this more often like people would go crazy for this kind of portraiture it's like yeah, super cool with the colors but it's, and it's so much work to set up though <laughs> i mean <laughs> like, you could would charge for it right <laughs> yeah it also like i mean i did this in my living room because you know i don't have a studio space which, and, and this is yeah, my friend so i and i know who she is but you know the the fact that I also have to like rearrange my living space to do this as well. Yeah, it's just it's kind of a hassle. Like for me, this was a creative thing that I was also excited to try. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a lot of work. Now, was the like posing and shaping of this directed by you, or with some was this like her idea? Uh, it was a collaboration. Okay. I I gave suggestions and I mean she's an, a phenomenal dancer and she is so in tune with like her body that like I would say like try this and she would do it and it just looked good like I didn't have to adjust it really okay <laughs> so it was one of those like really nice scenarios where she just kind of knew what to do <laughs> yeah yeah it looks great but I could imagine with someone who isn't a dancer it would be really hard to achieve this and not have it look like awkward for people just listening to this her hands are like up around her neck which it, it's like delicate and like doesn't look like she's like strangling herself or anything. Like it's really nice. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, I lied. Actually, I so I think the strobes I had, the flat, uh, speed lights I had to hit the backdrop were not on. I think this shot is just with the two front lights because the aluminum okay. was so reflective. I didn't need it. I had. Yeah, lights. that seems right. Yeah, I feel like the background would be so bright if it was being hit by lights back there. Yeah, yeah. I had the lights there to use when I was using the paper but actually I think I turned them off for the aluminum so sorry okay and um when our listeners look at this on Instagram um a fun trick that you might not know is if you zoom in onto her eyes you can see the front lights reflecting so I do this like all the time like it's the actual reflection of the soft boxes whenever I'm looking back at someone's like a client's images from like three years ago and they want to match it and I want to get the lighting set up exactly the same, I'll zoom into their eyes and see where the lights were placed in the studio. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's a great way to break it's a, down it's a little trick. the lighting setup. Yep. Yeah, even if you're just on Instagram or anywhere like looking at like portraits and you love them and you're like, oh, I wish I could figure out how this was done. That's the secret. <laughs> mm-hmm. All um, right, okay. let me look at yours. My turn. Okay, so we have a black and white picture. The dancer is outside, and you're also using uh, a speed light. Yeah. So this is one of your recent like dance photo shoots, I'm assuming? Yeah, this one was the last one I did um, in like December. Nice. Uh, okay, so let's see. I'm going to guess it's dark outside, but also you're using your strobe. So 1 over 200th of a second, f2.8. ISO 100? Uh, super close, but F3.2. Okay. Oh, same as me. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. But this is funny because in this shoot, um, I was playing a lot with high-speed sync. So this photo oh. was at 1 200th of a second, but most of the other ones were like much faster than that. Is that because she was moving really fast? Um, that and also it actually wasn't dark out. Oh. Um, it was it was light out and I but I wanted to create this kind of look so oh. I had to like basically make it so without the flash going off it was the photo frame was like as dark as possible. Dark. Gotcha. So um, what time of day was this? Um. Well, it was four thirty, so it wasn't bright out either. I wasn't trying to like overpower the sun. The sun had basically set behind some buildings. Gotcha. Um. But it was definitely like 
it, not nighttime. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think my first thought is you really lose the, like, I can't see her legs at all. Yeah. Cause it's, it's so dark there, even with the strobe. So I wondered, I mean, I said the sun had already set behind the buildings. It wouldn't work. But like, if you had used the sun as your like rim backlight, mm-hmm. then you could have, could have maybe seen some of her legs more. Yeah. I also just, I kind of want to do this again, but just have the person wear like light colored pants. Yeah. That, that too because <laughs> the sweater really pops but the mm-hmm. if she was wearing like even like khakis or anything with color that's yeah. not black you would be able to see them better mm-hmm. yeah um but I mean, it's, it's interesting how the speed light i'm guessing it was like kind of eye or chest level from the side because mm-hmm. it creates that strip of light on the floor yeah it was actually a bit above her Oh, okay. kind of like pointing down. So she does look like she's in the spotlight. I was thinking about like darkening the ground. Well, actually, I tried that. But then her legs like sort of seem to disappear even more um, because I felt like having the lit up ground like causes your eye to look from her face down to the ground. And then you notice that she has more of a body. <laughs> oh, see, but I what do you think? think? I, would you have I, edited I, that I would have I would have said the, the opposite. I think the hmm. fact that I go from her face and I look straight to the floor, I notice her missing legs more versus if I didn't okay. see the bright spot on the floor, I would it would feel more like she's just floating, but that was like an artistic choice. Maybe I'll um I'll share both versions and people can comment with which one they like better. Yeah. Cuz like I like in this situation if it was like cropped from her knees up, like then I think it would just look more like she was like coming out of the darkness versus mm-hmm. right now it's just like, I don't, I don't, she's just floating, but then I see her yeah. foot. <laughs> yeah. I did some where I cropped it in um, as well and they're kind of cool. The problem I was having was like my, I didn't bring um, like a soft box or a reflector or anything. Uh-huh. Um, so the light source was really pretty small Um and I was using why man, I'm blanking on the the name of the thing, but that little like plas rubbery like blob that's on the front of my flash that I have oh, that's magnet uh, magmod magmod that's what it's called, uh-huh. magmod's glow sphere or something. Um, I was using that, so it was like spreading out the light a bit. Um, but there are pretty the light wasn't really like soft, like so there are pretty harsh shadows on a lot of them, mm-hmm. um, with like pretty intense edges on them um so that was kind of like one of the main challenges yeah i mean the hard hard shadows don't bother me in the pictures mostly because it's i mean one her skin looks fine like it looks great but also because we're seeing the full body i think it helps like carve the body a little bit yeah well in this one too they're not so obvious which is maybe why I shared this one. But there are some oh, other okay. close-up ones where, like, her arm creates a shadow acro- across, like, her chest. And it's just oh, this, gotcha. like, black, like, rectangle. Yeah. Oh, but, I mean, I feel like that could have been something fun to play with. You know, like, creating shadows yeah. on the body. I I don't know how I feel about the sweater she's wearing. Just It's a lot of patterns. Yeah. It, it's very busy, um, which takes away from it a little bit, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but yeah, I feel like that could have been something fun to play with. Yeah, this was like sort of my first attempt at using my 
light outside. I think we talked about this. I was like, oh, it's going to be really dark or it's going to not really dark, but it's going to be like not that bright. Um, you're like, yeah, you should try your, just using the light outside. Um, so I definitely want to try this more mm -hmm. and see sort of how I can play with it. Um, yeah, I wonder if you could get it to like where the sun hasn't quite set yet, but you can use that as your backlight. And then use yeah. your flash to fill the front. It's also kind of cool in that situation to just play with like silhouette. Yeah. But yeah, it would be a really cool look. Yeah. I've seen some um, like portrait videos on Creative Live where Lindsay Adler does that. Mm -hmm. and I've it gives it a real it. like commercial look when yeah. you can see like the sky properly exposed, but or it has that like sunset, but then the person is fully lit. Do you think my um, speed light with my mag mod would work for that, or would I need to use like a softbox? I think I think it could work. I think it'll, it'll just be a harder light, so it'll give it a more like editorial, like fashion look, as opposed to like hmm. a portrait look. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks really cool. I'm excited to see. Do you think you're gonna try and do more of these soon? Like outdoor shoots with your strobe? Uh, I mean, it's, it's really cold out there right now. Um, so I don't know. If people are down to do outdoor shoots still, I'll meet you places and we can do them. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I might wait until it's a bit warmer. Plus, I'm just so busy baking baguettes right now. <laughs> <laughs> priorities. Really priorities. For more than like an hour at a time. So. <laughs> so when you make your baguettes, you really have to like babysit them. Like you can't go out and do something for a couple hours because you have to come back every so often to need it. Yeah. So this like 22 hour one, you have to be up for 22 hours? No. Um, it goes in the fridge overnight. Oh, okay. For a chunk of time. I was yeah. like, dang, that's dedication. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Got to pull an all-nighter to get those baguettes. <laughs> anyway, should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think that's good. And we're actually already at half an hour. So we, cause oh. we talked about both pictures actually a bit more than we normally yeah. do, which is fun. It's really nice. Like I feel like I've said this before, but sometimes we just share our best photos ever. And then it's like, what do we talk about? But sharing one that is kind of like... I don't know, something different and tricky still to learning. do. Yeah. And, you know, not like in the past, I might have been like, oh, I don't like her sweater. I'm not going to share it. But there's plenty to talk about there. So mm -hmm. cool. Um, well, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Still in Motion Podcast. Um, that's where all of our stuff about our new image challenge thing is going to be posted. And we'd love everyone to participate, um, even if you're not like, you don't consider yourself like a professional photographer or anything or just using an iPhone, like definitely check it out. It's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Jill, you're editing this, so I know you can hear this. Do the challenge. Yep. Please do it, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> we know you listen, Jill. Um, so yeah, follow us on Instagram. Also follow me on Instagram at Catherine.Butler and Jonathan at Media, along with all of our other accounts. And um, send us an email at Still in Motion Podcast. Thank you to Shannon McConnell for um, the music at the beginning and end of each episode, and Amanda Blythe for our graphic design, and Jillian Sanders for editing these episodes for us. And I think that's it. Bye. See everyone next week. <laughs>